All right, everyone. Welcome to the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I am your host, Brian Althorpe, and this is the first episode that we're going to do on this podcast. I kind of just wanted to take a couple episodes to talk about the different hobbies that I have. I don't want to make these episodes super long, so I figured that this was the best way to do it. By just tackling a couple at a time and uh, just explaining my roles in each of the hobbies that I am very involved with. And so I figured for the first episode, we would start off with duck hunting and possibly touch on some fishing, maybe save fishing for the next episode. But today let's talk about duck hunting, a little bit of deer hunting, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. So when I was in college, I started duck hunting with my roommate. His dad is a decoy carver and uh, had carved some decoys for a show and won. And then Hardcore Decoys bought his mold of the ducks that he had carved and shipped him a bunch of decoys. So we ended up using those decoys and starting hunting and I think that was in 2012 or so. So I'm going on nine years of duck hunting. And that first season kind of just really, really pulled me in. I mean, it was something completely different than I had been used to. I grew up in an area where people really only deer hunted. And I didn't deer hunt all that much. I just played paintball and did a lot of other outside activities. A lot of sports since I was in school, high school, I played baseball and basketball, golf, played football a little bit or for a year. And uh, yeah, so this was a whole different realm for me, getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go duck hunting and treachering through the marsh and buying all the gear, but it really took a toll on me after I shot my first bird. My first bird was a green wing teal, and uh, yeah, after that day, I was pretty much hooked. So, you know, as, as it goes, you kind of get more involved in the sport. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to chip in for the group that we were hunting with and I started buying decoys and boats and when I moved out to the area that I live now I met a bunch of people that I started duck hunting with as well and they showed me a little bit more of the area and different types of hunting I mean I didn't really field hunt or diver hunt before this I was just hunting in public marshes and uh, that opened my eyes to just the landscape that I live in. I mean, it's just a completely different world out here. I live on Lake Erie and there's so many marshes. I mean, I, I live in a marsh. I live in a hunting marsh. The property bo- boundaries touch the state land. And that's the main reason that I bought the house that I did because it was in the marsh that I had hunted in college with my buddies. And uh, I get wood ducks and divers and geese, things like that in the backyard. I get deer too, but if I can, if I have time to hunt, I'm duck hunting. I do take a couple weekends 
every year and deer hunt, but not as involved as I do when I'm duck hunting. So prior to buying the house and hunting out here during college, um, I only walked into the marshes. We had like a jet sled and we were carrying decoys and we were walking through, you know, knee high water. And after a while of that, it just kind of gets old. And since I moved out here and saw the gear that everybody else is using, I decided to buy a 14 foot Starcraft deep V boat with a 9.9 on it. And that kind of escalated the entire duck hunting experience for me. Hunting from a boat and using a boat to get to different places, especially on the lake and in the marshes around me, on the river, it just takes your entire experience to a whole nother level. And so buying a boat, then buying your own decoys, and using all of your own gear, you know, it just kind of makes the experience more fun for me, I believe. I like the process and the night before of going out in the barn and loading up the boat, figuring out what decoys I'm going to need, and getting everything ready for the next day. I find that as part of the experience, and now that I own my own gear and I have my own boats, I just find the experience as a whole a lot more fun and even when people come over and they help load up the night before like it just kind of adds to the overall experience um after i bought the 14 foot boat and i used that for a while and started shooting more divers and making my own long lines and getting all of the diver gear i decided to buy a 20 foot tracker deep v tender boat this boat is used for everything. I use it as a tender boat, but I use it as a bass fishing boat. I use it as a walleye fishing boat. Uh, I just use it for everything. And it just happens that the layout boat that I bought as well, the UFO fits on the front of the boat right in front of the windscreen and the navigation light within like an inch. So that boat works out really well for hunting i mean when you're on lake erie that can change in a minute and having a boat that size with very high walls a big motor it has a 115 on it and i can scoot pretty good in that and just using using that equipment for diver hunting you also separate yourself from everybody that's hunting on shore i mean when you're out in the middle of the lake laying in a layout boat or sitting on the tender boat you're so far away from everybody else that the pressure really drops and you're a little more successful while you're hunting. And I think that's what everybody's goal is at the end of the day is to be more successful when you go out. And in my opinion, on Lake Erie, diver hunting gives you the best experience as well as the best chances of being successful when you spend all of that time in preparation and you scout and everything trying to get out there it just really helps to get yourself away from everybody and a lot of people always talk about diver ducks as not being good to eat and the you know puddle ducks being 
a better speed like better group of species to hunt and i don't disagree i don't think that the diver ducks are world-class cuisine but you can still make jerky out of them you can still eat them the same way that you do mallards gadwall wood ducks i mean it's just all about how you prepare it but i think that shooting diver ducks is much more complicated i think that it's more um takes i mean these birds are moving so fast that you have to be a good shot you need to it's just a whole different experience than puddle duck hunting and i'm lucky where i live that i get to experience both i can i can shoot puddle ducks in the marshes on the shoreline on the rivers and then i can go out on the shorelines even in the marshes we shoot diver ducks and i mean there's just so many different bodies of water near me that i'm able to hunt that it just really takes you in it just keeps keeps a hold of you as a hobby and it just it just drains your bank account too but that's we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it so also going into this next year i have started training a lab i have a full-bred black lab english lab by the name of boomer and i have been training him since january so he just turned a year last week and he overall will is ready to hunt and it's just been such a crazy experience training that dog i mean it just gives you another aspect of hunting I mean, every time I go out with people that have dogs, that's my favorite part of the hunt is watching their dogs work. So I knew that when the opportunity arised for me to get a black lab, for me to be able to train a dog, that I was going to do it. And it's been the hardest thing that I've taken on in a very long time. I mean, I work with a trainer locally. We meet once a week and work on different things with him and kind of see what needs to be worked on the rest of the week when I'm with him but there's just been so many days that you start training your dog and he just doesn't do what you want him to do and you just wonder like why am I even doing this but once we started collar conditioning him he just turned completely around he went from going out to a bumper and just kind of wandering off to running straight to that bumper bringing it straight back and it's just been since then, the training has been a lot more fun. It's more scenarios now. I'm just starting casting calls with him, and it's just been a lot more, a lot more technique oriented as opposed to the overall. Hey, this dog needs to retrieve, and that's been a lot of fun that I've been able to experience in the last. I think it's been two and a half months now since he's been collar conditioned well maybe more than that I'll say three months it's been three months since he's been collar conditioned and he behaves a lot better I mean once he's got that collar on he knows that he's he's strapped down he needs to do exactly what I tell him to and if not he gets shocked and as far as the emotional aspect of that I kind of knew from day one after meeting with the trainer that I was going to have to take all emotion out of training or I wasn't going to be able to be a successful trainer. And I think that for most people, training a dog and having a puppy 
like that's the biggest thing that they run into is that they don't know how to separate themselves emotionally from the actual training of that dog and once I kind of wrapped my head around that that's when I knew that I was going to be able to do it I mean you you have this dog when it's a little cute little puppy and even then when they're six months old they're not that big and you know you got to kind of jerk them around and you've got to make them heal and sit and stay and it just months and months of at least for me going into my barn freezing cold and having to do all of that obedience work it just once you get through the obedience and you start the actual retrieving that's when you know it's it's gotten fun once you once they start making those retrieves it's all been worth it after you get to that point and I think that's a hard thing for people to grasp is how long it takes for you to get the obedience for that dog and how much work and time and effort you have to put in to make sure that that dog does exactly what you want it to do. And I don't want to say that I'm a dog trainer, but training my dog has definitely become another hobby or I guess a sub hobby of duck hunting that now in the off season I have something to do as, as instead of just maintaining decoys and pouring some decoys and making lead mold weights and you know stuff like that buying new gear it's like now in the off season I work with the dog and that also kind of keeps your mind focused on what you're going to be doing the next season what kind of hunt you're going to be going on because you're training this dog to hunt in many different scenarios and like I don't you know there's things that I'm going to do or there's places I'm going to hunt that some other people won't do and I have to kind of personalize my training based on the kind of hunting that I'm doing and that really helps you kind of strategize in the off season well, where am I going to be hunting? I need to know what what hunting terrain I need to train for, and I need to know what decoys I need to set out because that's a, the, that's going to be what he's running through and what he has to do when he's out in the field or in the water. And if there's long lines, he needs to know how to swim over the long lines, and he needs to know that if he gets caught up in a decoy, he just needs to keep pushing through it. Uh, if, he's not going to be able to kick it off by himself or it'll just kind of fall off. But I mean, they're all things that you have to think about when you're training your dog is I have to prepare him for the scenarios that he's going to be facing so that I don't have to get in the water. And that's the best part of training your dog is that you will not have to get in the water as much, but it's just, such a cool aspect of the off-season mindset that you put yourself in and what am I going to be doing this upcoming season so I guess transitioning into that what I'll be doing this season is really not going to be much different than I normally hunt but every year is different and this year I want to 
in the beginning of the season. I just want to get that dog some retrieves. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing going into this next season is I no longer am going to be worried about, well, I need to get out there and shoot something. It's I want to shoot something so that my dog will get work. And that's a different mindset completely than I've had in previous years because I'm always going out and I'm always scouting all of these different places and thinking, well, you know, if I can't walk in, I can take a boat or whatever. But there also has been times that I think, well, if I had a dog, I would hunt this other spot. So I think that going into this next season, I'll be focused a lot more on easy spots for my dog to hunt at the beginning of the season just because he's going to be, I mean, it's going to be his first season. He's just, he's not going to know how to approach different hunting uh, situations and it's going to be all new to him. I mean, all of this stuff that we're doing now is simulated and there's going to be days where we go out, we don't shoot anything. There's going to be days we go out and we hammer them and he might want to get every single retrieve and I have to kind of refrain from running him too hard and that's just for the safety of the dog not because I think that he can't do it it's just if he starts getting too tired and gets wrapped up in a decoy I'm gonna have to go swim out after him and I think that this season is gonna be it's gonna be a good season I don't think that I've had very many bad seasons especially since I've moved out here and kind of spent the extra time to learn the lay of the land and what I need to do to be successful in the areas that I hunt and coming from a very minimal background as far as this area and then coming out here and living here, I have the time now that I can go drive around after work and I can scout on my way home. And I am pretty lucky to be in the area that I am and have the property that I do to surround myself with all of the duck hunting land and being able to fish and really just kind of immerse myself into my hobbies. And as we'll talk about in later episodes with waterfall photography, videography. I'm kind of in an area and I've surrounded myself with an area that I pretty much have unlimited content that I can I can take pictures, I can take video. I mean, my yard is perfect for dog training. I can pretty much do anything. I can fish in my pond. And uh it's just a it's a real blessing, honestly. And I'm hoping that this season I can kind of take it to the next level and on the channel, my YouTube channel, hopefully kind of grow that, grow my brand as a whole and especially working with real geese this season, I'll be getting out a lot of content for them and uh, hopefully be able to share that with everybody, which I think is going to be a really cool experience. We're going to do some hunts, we're going to do material and we're just going to be able to kind of take this to the you know the next notch and I'm really looking forward to that I can get a lot of use out of all the gear that I have all of my camera gear and my <coughs> and my videography gear 
and just kind of make myself relevant. And I'm hoping that with this podcast as well that I can talk about everything that I'm doing, kind of shine some light on what I'm doing, how I've gotten to where I am, which isn't anywhere extravagant, but it's better than I was off last year and the year before that. And I just really want to have a platform that I can express my ideals and the things that I'm doing and kind of make it worthwhile. I mean, I nobody really cares what I'm doing, but if people are listening, then I'll keep talking about it. It's really just kind of a outlet for me to talk to have a conversation about everything that I'm involved with and if it takes off great if not then at least I gave it a shot so hopefully that gives everybody kind of a idea of the platform and what I'm planning on doing um, the next episode we'll be talking about fishing bass fishing, walleye, crappie, panfish, catfishing, pretty much everything that I've tried, and hopefully you guys stick around to listen to that one, but I will be recording that soon, and I'll release kind of a bundle of all of these different hobby episodes, maybe four to start off and then see where it goes from there. But I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure that you guys subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere that this is. Please check out YouTube, Brian Althorpe Media, Facebook, Brian Althorpe Media, and I will be starting social social accounts for Too Many Hobbies as well. And just give me some feedback. Let me know what you guys want to hear. Let me know if there's anything that I can do to improve the podcast. I hope to have some guests on, people that you may not know, people you definitely don't know, and just kind of expand our horizons. So thank you for tuning in. This has been the first episode of Too Many Hobbies. I am Brian Althorpe, and we will catch you on the next one.